0: So we had an amazing conversation about immersion and Mm I actually asked you to find that for yourself and I'll kind of, I want to ask you the the question again, Mm. but now that we've gone through a conversation, Mm. what does immersion mean to you?
1: I think it's still the same for me. It's remembrance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just knowing, knowing thyself so that you can support yourself. So then from there you can start supporting the world.
0: Yeah. So we had a conversation with an amazing woman. Uh, Her name is Judy Brooks. She's created um, a consideration an artifact of just beauty and culture and self-reflection and it's kind of like um and, and she also runs retreats uh and you could immersions immersions <laughs> oh my goodness she runs immersions to help people really identify you know where they're stuck, you know what's the culture of of say their business or their their personal life, and what are some of the the ideas that the, and the identities that we've sort of wrapped ourselves in and how we're presenting ourselves to the world. And so, the the conversation we had with her was just beautiful in that we got a chance to dip our toe into different areas um, around you know uh, self responsibility and and curiosity and presence and what that means as a business owner to. Mm-hmm. You know a mom to whomever
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's the great thing about this conversation is that anyone can reflect on themselves after listening to it or while you're listening to it and especially that um cohesiveness of our personalities that show up in different roles that we play but how we can like really align ourselves so that we're constantly moving with integrity and knowing your own values so that you can bring that forth into everything that you do
0: yeah and then we kind of broke down this concept of grow there's something great you have to blow it up you have to grow and uh so stay tuned for that we'd love to hear mm-hmm. what you have to think about you know the kind of concepts that you've imprinted in your own psychology or personality of what things are supposed to be like or look like and you know i think it's a reflection on maybe disrupting some of those thought processes yeah. enjoy yeah. enjoy So one of the things i think that we've all really recognized over you know maybe our own life or over the past few years is that community is so important mm-hmm. and having a safe space to really reflect mm-hmm. on what's important and obviously with regards to your health but also just other aspects to life mm-hmm.
1: yeah we've had different conversations with different guests um, even our own patients and each other about that safety piece that without safety healing actually can't occur and that this is what we love about some of the groups that we've created especially our health ignited club where we come together and create a safe space so that everyone can heal together grow together learn together and really understand what's important as a collective so that we can also work on what's important as an individual
0: yeah and it's interesting because i think it's, there's so much information in the world right mm-hmm. and it's easy to get lost and there's all the like the how to how do you how to solve this problem how to you know how to work on this aspect of your lifestyle and what what Sonia and I do is we've got you know, a wide range of different mentors and, and and including you know the podcast guests that we've got a chance to connect with and so we we get a chance to filter information as we all do down into our own unique parts in a way to articulate that into into your unique lifestyle mm-hmm. and we so we found great value in being in you know mastermind groups and collaboration and learning from other people and so the whole goal of our Helping magnetic club is to bring all of that wisdom into into these communities
1: mm-hmm. so we'd love for you to join that community there's already amazing individuals in there that, so we can support each other because really if we become more aligned with ourselves that's when we're going to make change in yeah. our own life and everybody else's
0: yeah so uh if you find out more go to doctorsjensen.com and you can learn more about the health magnetic club there hi again everybody hello wife dr sonia jensen <laughs> hi how are you uh, we we've got um a, a fun conversation ahead but uh before we get into that uh, i mean there's this there's this theme of, of immersion and immersing yourself and like when you when you hear those words, like how do you reflect on on those words? Because I know that's important to you.
1: Yeah, when I think about immersion, I think about my past experiences with that. When I'm initially, I used to be plucked out of our everyday and into a space where I could feel like myself and get tuned into my real self and not the roles that I'm playing or what's expected of me. And then from there, I can come out of it with a different lens. Um, after COVID, since COVID, we haven't really had a lot of those experiences. So I've been trying to figure out how do I bring that into every day. And so for me, it's those morning moments where I get to remember what that immersion actually feels like. And how do I bring that into my daily everything that I do as a mom, as a doctor, as a podcaster, as all these labels that we wear and carry. Um, so for me, immersion is finding you again remembering, it. not even finding, remembering.
0: love yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Well, on the topic of immersion, we've mm-hmm. got a special special guest today. Her name is Judy Brooks, and it's interesting because in them we received this amazing, beautiful, if you're watching on video, uh, this package in the mail. And I had yet to realize that um the Judy was actually a podcast guest, and I just thought we were receiving this beautiful gift from some angel the universe from the universe and and i open it up and i'm blown away by it by the art and the integration of philosophy and these this ancient wisdom and the practicality of bringing all of that into our modern world and such a elegant minimalistic kind of presentation and so my first experience of judy was like wow she's she's been able to bring and merge like these different concepts from different parts of the world from ancient wisdom up until to to this modern sort of contemporary artistic uh flow of a, of a creation that and so it's funny because we were trying to i was trying to like how do i how do i articulate who you are what label you you wear on your, you know what badge you wear and, and so we decided not to give you a label this is judy brooks She's, you know, taken businesses and launched them into such a bigger, more profound, more aligned kind of way into the world. Uh, here in Canada, she's she's in Worcester, BC right now. And so um, she's done so many things for businesses. And I think a big part of it is just this expansion of self, expansion of uh, self-worth and and what does it mean to be human, you know, interacting and interpreting the world in the way that we do. And so. Judy, thank you so much, first of all, for the gifts. Thank you for your presence and and showing up and your unique way of reflecting on what it means to be a business person and human at this time in the world. So thank you for being here.
2: I'm thrilled. Well, yeah, super happy. So thank you for asking me.
0: Yeah. Well, well, why don't we start? I mean, Sonny loves to start with the story. Like we want to know a little bit more about like how did all of this come together for you? Because it's um it's so beautiful what you're creating now. And and we'd love to hear how you got here.
2: Yeah. Um it's interesting and thank you for not Putting a label, I'm really like I, I'm at this beautiful intersection in life where I get to be label less. <laughs> like I don't really want to be labeled as anything, uh, though I'm I'm pretty happy to um, you know have had experience of of raising kids and being a mom, and I'm really happy to have the experience of um, being something that we call a grandma, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. amazing, and um and and to have the had this like the privilege and the honor to have both had my own companies, which I actually think being an entrepreneur is a privilege and a responsibility. And then um, where it was a right fit and I could add value to um, be in the company of others as they grew their businesses. Um, But when I, when I actually, somebody asked me the other day a really similar question about how is it that I feel like I can do what I'm doing at this point and when I look at back, it's like collective experience, this accumulation of so many moments in time that sort of give me a very fertile field right now to draw from, I think. And, and so, I, and, and it's funny, I'm going to start before anything because I actually think it's um, fairly important, at least now I recognize it is in me, which is I was uh, living by myself as like a 16-year-old and just for and and not without love of parents but just because of circumstance um m- my my dad wasn't in the home and and my mom got sick and she went back to england and at that point um i was finishing high school living um you know without parents and um and i <laughs> was working as a cocktail waitress was which was quite illegal i was <laughs> 16 but, you know, I, like I think of all these fundamental things that gave me insight into people and insight into my own ability to navigate. So the bummer about being by yourself at 16 is that it's probably easier when you do have parents around, even though sometimes people think they don't want them. <laughs> it is, you know, like figuring out like Brad, how was I going to buy a Brad dress? Like I didn't have any money. What was, you know, all those things. But they also gave me this incredible, I felt so supported and trusted even by parents that weren't really able um, at that moment in time anyways. So I I'm recognizing how pivotal that was right now um, in a way that maybe I hadn't before. And I actually was a mom fairly early at 21 and I started my first business at 23 and in that business, uh, maybe 24, who knows? <laughs> it was around there, <laughs> but it is, um, and that business was working with, um, I had the good fortune of being surrounded by a group of doctors and um, chiropractors. And um, I worked with and grew a company with some some partners, with some founders, co-founders. Um, and so we worked with organizations around neck and back injuries and the assessment of that one-on-one and, and working them through their risk categories. So. But when I think about it and where I am now and what we call somatics now, like all these words didn't really, they weren't part of an everyday language, but you know, there would be, I'd be up at Kinemat or Terrace BC and see 700 individual men over the course of two weeks. So I, and and that went on for 12 years. So, uh, and why we grew that and worked all over North America. And, but when I think of that, that gave me, some ideas of patterning and habits and bodies, you know? So Mm -hmm. I really now go, oh, that experience. Wow, that was an incredible experience. Plus I got to go into all sorts of companies and resources that I didn't know anything about, like mills and mines and police and fire. So I had that company for about 12 years and sold it. And the next company that I co-founded and CEOed was a company, same sort of um, business model which was something that was usually done by a practitioner who was driving back to their business. And that wasn't ours. It was, it was a full service. No, no modality associated with it. All modalities welcome and not driving back to clinical business. And the second one was around um, workplace violence and um, conflict in the workplace. And, and, and I actually worked with my brother, one of two, I actually worked with both, but who is a forensic psychologist and, i quite expert in his field, like internationally expert and, and he, and a specialty around psychopaths and sociopaths. So again, a depth of humanity and understanding around things like emotions in the workplace and violence in the workplace and conflict resolution. That was uh, not my mastery, not what I went to school with, because I actually didn't go to university, which is a really, I was 16 and then 21. So you, there's a lot, there's not much to fit in there, mm-hmm. but, um, but got th- these deep, deep learnings through the experts, you know, through experts and, and working in the trenches with him. And, um, and so that now I think about what that experience did for me and, like, really, I got to apprentice, like I kept apprenticing, deep apprenticeship, deep apprenticeship, well, and apprenticeship in business that I was forging on my own, my apprenticeship with myself in business, you know, um, and I sold that to, to my partners, including my two brothers after about eight years, and then uh, started a business called Blow, Blow Dry Bars. <laughs> I don't know anything about hair. Anyone who's on video will see that, <laughs> but is uh, it was just an idea, and my and my daughter was in the university in the UK at the time, and she was writing a business plan, and I just said, "What about a blow dry bar?" and and there wasn't such a thing at the time. There, there was a first to market, and that's you know we we opened three in a year and had eighteen in the next three years, and and merged and sold and all that sort of stuff, and then um, I started working with with individuals. And, and then started doing these things called retreats at the time. And then I you sort of morphed that into immersions. And your earlier question to Sonia resonated. And the reason I left the retreat word behind was because it was like we were retreating away mm-hmm. from it instead of as exactly what you said, Sonia, is like diving into self, you know, diving into mm-hmm. self. And so that has been, um, God, how long has it been? It's been. 12 years, 10 years. I don't know. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not labeling years either anymore. Myself or years, And uh, and now there's beautiful conversion of still being able to be in the business world, but I, I don't really have a desire to be in businesses that aren't really interested in doing things differently. And I don't mean doing numbers differently though. I'd like everyone to do that as well, but rather really looking at impact and effect about the responsibility of being a human in business and the humans you're, you're interacting with. And, you know, I, I, I'm really at this stage, like it's super alive for me, this idea of the patriarch and the patriarch not being men I have, I'm surrounded by beautiful men in my life, but of this idea of just like a select few constantly winning, Mm
1: -hmm. you know,
2: dominating. And, And instead of going, okay, Now that my family's taken care of and I'm safe, what may I do differently than has been done? And and please, I'm not judging anything that has been done. I'm saying here we are at this pivotal point in time. And what could consider differently? And so, you know, uh, I'm into I think about a thousand people have been through immersions now. um, And they continue to seek and dive in and, and, you know, expand their ways of doing that. We start with emotional intelligence usually because it's just so foundational for me. um But there's so many. I just I just finished my one, two, three, four, eight immersion <laughs> in about eight weeks. So lots and a hundred new souls and bodies coming through. And especially this last one with this group of ten new men. I just, which I said to them, they're a motley crew. They're a motley crew. Um, is so deeply touched by the privilege of being able to sit in that group and the honor of listening to people sort of emerge into and then remember i love that i say that so often remembering to remember that they are not who they are now they were actually something completely different and Mm -hmm. then all these layers got put on and what if those layers serve them and what and others and what don't anymore so, yeah, so that's how I got to hear and that, you know, what you received that consider that artifact, we call it an artifact because it's got so many pieces to it. I-, I might have curated it, I might have had the, you know, honor of spearheading it, but it was a community. The, the photos were by community, there's, you know, poems that were submitted by community, there are stories that people shared, and they're often really hard for them, you know, hard mm-hmm. stories. I remember, and, and actually, one of the guys in there, Warren, cracks me up every time I talk to him. He's like, "How's my
0: book doing?" <laughs> Everyone <laughs> thinks it's theirs because it yeah. is theirs, mm-hmm.
2: you know. I love that. It is theirs. And so we started before we got on um, online with everybody uh, talking about the this quote that's attributed to Victor Frankl that mm-hmm. Sonia loves and uses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, between stimulus and response, there mm-hmm. is a space. And I said, even that cracks me up because the Jonathan Cook, who works with me, he's like, he started to go in, you know, because we got obviously the uh, every poet we, you know, paid for the the usage of, and he's like, this isn't a Victor Frankl quote, and I thought, this is it. It's not about just taking knowledge and putting it on top of yourself. It's about cultivating, working through all that knowledge and cultivating it for your own wisdom. Remembering to remember your own divinity, your you know, that, like I look at my grandkids, I look to my kids, and they're freaking fully divine, fully divine. And then we start to layer all this, labels and other things on top of them. So here I am today, in amidst a community of well, a world community that's amazing, and a, and a smaller community that spends time in and out of these things called immersion and things called work and. Yeah, feeling um, just uh, like, how does it get much better?
1: Mm-hmm. Get much better? Yeah. I love that you're bringing these worlds together, kind of like what Nick was describing in the beginning, because I think often there's such a disconnect that how we show up in business, how we show up in life has nothing to do with our personality or nothing to do with those conditions that have been put on us, the beliefs that we have, but all of that plays a role in how we operate in even business and the choices that we make, what we choose to go into business um, with or who, and all those things are so connected. And if every business out there worked on themselves, the way you're creating an opportunity for it, the world would shift, the, this um, corporate world would shift. There, would, it, The impact would be the, the number one reason for everything rather than the profit. I mean, the profit needs to be there. Be, to be able to create impact. But I love that you're bringing this new awareness or this new um, connection for people because often I think people even in the business world are put in a box that their personalities m- must be type A and like this in order for them to be successful. And I think we just put labels everywhere and we forget that everything is interconnected. So how do you communicate that to the world of like, this piece is so important for us to make a bigger difference, not only for themselves, but also for their employees, for the people that are buying, what they have to offer, like all of that. How do you create that connection for everyone?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think um, three things, considering, (laughs) like, not being unafraid to have another conversation. And, you know, one of the In in this idea of emotional of uh, cultivating your own emotional wisdom, cultivate and and using emotional intelligence as a base for that, there's the idea of optimism or or, and well-being as two components of emotional intelligence. And um, for me, for me, when I looked at optimism, the way that I cultivated that is options more than two. Options more than two. Because in two options, we're only in binary thinking. So there's Mm -hmm. a right and a wrong. There's a good and a bad in options more than two not only do we take away those labels of good and bad but we also take ourselves out of executive function into prefrontal cortex we're in creativity now even if the third option is not smart (laughs) it doesn't matter it's just that the the practice of that the practice of that so I think of like what are another option and um is really important to me and um and what is another conversation we could have like I was talking to a group of uh of guys the other day of not an immersion on, on a board, on an advisory board, and someone said, Well, this is the way they do it. And I'm like, Who is they? <laughs> and is that true? You know, like it it has been done that way and it created success for Facebook. But is that the success you want at this point? And is that even relevant at this moment in time? And you know, a couple of considerations I've really been having is this idea of And even in some of my own stories, Smart Suites being one that I was, you know, very involved in and had the privilege of being highly adjacent to, you know, like highly in there. And 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 even blow as a brand being such a a, a viral phenomena, really, is that um I also am a bit sad that there's this idea that growth is the only way. And I think back to what we miss in that. We miss the absolute honor of, you know, the corner grocery store model that served a community that grew a family that became, was integral, you know? It was, and, I, and I, I think about that. And so a few years ago with this transaction of smart suites, I was blessed to have something come my way that was unexpected and didn't want in terms of a financial reward. I, I didn't ever help for the idea of getting anything back. And I think Tara knows that, Tara was the founder. Um, I think she knows that really well. I think she, we are still in deep family together. <laughs> and, um, but now I wonder, and I think uh, I'm living a bit older than her. <laughs> And having grandchildren, I'm like, I have no desire. I am not, um, I don't have a life even with that beautiful gift. I don't have a life of not being in consideration of of money. It wasn't that sort of, um, you know, crazy win. But I I could make different decisions. I could not live in this house and go live somewhere else and probably not have to think about that um, for the rest of my life in terms of um, as long as I lived a, a mindful life. But I, I don't want to grow any wealth anymore. And I don't want to grow that doesn't impact others. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, and every financial advisor, every toxic accountant, of they're looking at legacy wealth so that you can build more than you have now and give it to your children. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand that anymore. I will give why I'm alive. But if I if I didn't have this, my daughter is who's 36. And and my stepsons who are are, you know around the same age? I'm saying that without me, they wouldn't be okay. Like I I just don't understand it anymore. I'm really questioning it. I'm questioning all of it, I'm questioning, and I do like nice things. So I also because I am human, so I'm a dichotomy. But I'm really thinking about this. What if every extra cent beyond what I needed to take care of my family? because remember I was in a situation where that wasn't as a young person, where that wasn't that it wasn't that easy for my mom is, and I would love to be in the position of those, you know, that are my kids not having to support in that way. But why is there only this binary? Mm -hmm. Like, what about I support myself, but I, you don't, you get to evolve into your own life too. So I've been thinking about that a lot. And, and, and how would that look? And, and so I think those conversations in business are really important. And I'm really struggling with public markets because of the same. And, and some public companies are beautiful. I'm saying the concept of it is that we talk about impact, but we are still always going to have a, we're never going to not talk about shareholder value. Mm-hmm. And where is it that we start to honor and cherish and give thanks to those, those community businesses that might never grow and might never, you know, look a As soon as we see something beautiful, we want more of it. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. We have a cookie and it's good. And we want another cookie. We have a dollar and it's helpful. We want five more of them. We, you know, have a great experience at a local, you know, taco stand. And we're like, you should franchise, Mm -hmm. you know, like where is it that enough is enough where we allow the beauty of it. And I, and I don't know, it's, it's I, I'm, again, please understand, I'm not saying there's a right or a wrong, but it's definitely a conversation that's on my mind.
0: It's a fascinating mm-hmm. you know, question, I think, to ask. And, and I love how you get you know, in, in this, this creation, this artifact that you created, that idea of consideration is, is one of, you know, I can't help but think of curiosity and, and just how important that is, because you know, to, to the question that Sonny had regarding, you know, where do you start with a company? And, you know, well, part of it is like defining the culture, because I think, you know, when, when there's an expectation of like what you do as a business, you either grow or you die. Like that's that binary sort of question. And if there's no growth, then, you know, what's the point? And, you know, if we, it doesn't take much to look around and see, especially over the last couple of years, certain businesses that are really driving uh, their decision-making process based solely on profit, not necessarily because they're delivering this amazing product that's going to, you know, transform the world necessarily. That's, it really seems like a lot of these huge businesses aren't really driven to solve concerns other than their own, They're, they're the bottom line. And to think that there's an opportunity to, to create a culture of like, of service and, And then, you know, you also brought that that piece up regarding legacy. And and I think, you know, not, not just when we leave this planet, we want to make sure our kids are okay, so we've got enough financial resource. What if we actually created enough life experiences for them that they develop their own unique strategy and way to, 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 be in the world so that they could develop and generate their own wealth and sustainability and, you know, legacy and whatever that looked like. So you brought up so many interesting points that I think are worth. Yeah. Uh, and
2: it's interesting when you say that the things that, you know, have been ruminating for me are this idea that, um, so first of all, I want to say that my mom did not leave me a dollar because <laughs> she didn't have a dollar. Um, and, and, but and she did, there's no building. Her name was Josie. There's no building named after her, but she left me the legacy of believing in me and me believing in myself and understanding that things wouldn't always go right. But regardless, I had the capacity to figure it out.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That is the legacy that she left me. And, you know, she, she died in, um she died during COVID. She died in, um in a, a little, um kind of weird section of GF Strong that they had put towards palliative care patients um i had the experience of being able to go see her every day and i don't really know how that happened <laughs> it was true for me and um you know fully everything on mask and gloves and gowns and um and, and she was only in that ward about 2 weeks and and on her death um One of the nurses came in and I leaned over and said to her, this was a woman that was like, couldn't talk. Like she hadn't eaten, like she was not well. And she said to her, thank you for everything you've taught me. And I thought that's legacy. That's legacy. Thank -hmm. you for everything you've taught me. And what could my mom have possibly taught that nurse in two weeks in, you know, five shifts a week when she can't talk and couldn't remember anything? What could she possibly have done? But she did, mm-hmm. and I think for me, when I reflect on that, it's her sense of she's British, her sense of cheerfulness and and politeness, and always, you know. I remember going in one day, like again, you're all shrouded, was well, not comfortable, you know, and uh, you're shrouded, and I go in and I said hey to all the nurses, and I went in, and, and one of the nurses went by the door, and my mom who could barely move, like put up her hand and said, hello, my darling. And then she looked at me quite sternly and said, did you say good morning to her? And I said, I did. But you know, that sense of, of impact, mm-hmm. that sense of impact. So I think of that, of what legacy really means. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, legacies has seemed to be so tied to money or, mm-hmm. or materialism. And then I also think of this idea of where is apprenticeship and where is that missing now? that we can all of a sudden be 12 and be, you know, uh, Justin Bieber, who's I'm very talented again, nothing about Justin, but that we don't have to actually dig in and mm-hmm. give homage to and thank and, and honor and recognize that we can't possibly know everything without time in saddle. And then where's that idea of cathedral thinking where we're not actually building something for us to enjoy. We'll actually never see the end of what we're building but we know that it will serve our community,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, so all of those things, and, I, and I'm not, not into growth. I got to experience growth <laughs> in smart suites. It was amazing, mm-hmm. but, but wondering about it all and where it fits and why is it that we take the growth model and overplay it onto everything or why is it everything's in category and saying, what's good for me now? Mm-hmm. You know, Tara's had a baby since smart suites. I don't know if she would do smart suites the same now that she did them. I don't know if she went, she may, she may not, Um, but you'd you'd have to ask her, but my sense by seeing her as a mom and how she is, is that probably wouldn't look the same,
1: Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, that brings up a lot of thoughts and questions around just values. I think it's what we as a society have put value on and what we think is important or makes us feel important or what we feel success is defined by how we feel significant, like Mm -hmm. all of these things start to show up. And then that's the story that then gets passed down to the next generation too. And we live in such an instant world that the kids that are seeing um, young people thrive, which I mean, there's nothing wrong with thriving, but skipping many, many steps like you were talking about and getting to this place of um, fame and place of Perceived success on TikTok or these other um, elements, and then what that's what I feel that's showing to the next generation is that it's easy. We can just get there. We just have to do that quick thing to get there. So I'm what I struggle with is now being a mom of two boys, growing up in this world, is that so? I learned from my parents that it's the hard work that gets you the benefits. Like you wake up at five you do your work you work six days a week i mean that's that's what my dad did as an immigrant he had to do that to get us through school and do all these things and then i look at the next generation and they're they live in a world where everything's easy like they don't have to go to the library anymore and look at the cards go get the encyclopedia or the journal read it make the notes now it's like just google it it's right there so they're living and growing in this instant world and how do we still Support them in the world that they're growing up in, but still also bring in these other elements of like the Mr Miyagi's, like having, having mentors, having this to like understand that there's more depth to the world rather than just instant gratification.
2: Hundred percent, and that idea that we look at someone and our perception of one of the levers in their life of being success means that it's then easy for them. And life is, you know, again, there, we don't know the truth to that. It really struck me this last week too. you know, one of the the questions I asked um, at these last immersions was uh, that, you know, is shared over, over dinner, the dinner we have together is, you know, what is the one thing that you haven't said that might be helpful to say? And, um, and you didn't need to be attached to it. In other words, you can say it. And then the next incident, it can be not true. But it, I reckon it really was clear to me um, and, and you guys know this as much as I do and better, but, you know, this idea of when we use the words trauma and all these things now, this, that, the, that what we, um, we have so much energy, both physical energy and emotional energy and um, attached to these things that we don't say aloud. And you know they they can they're often awful. They often have, you know, we're we're told to keep them secret because they're not good, um, and because it serves someone else for you to keep them a secret. But the things in ourselves, the little secrets as well as the big, big ancestral secrets, often is that actually is what defines us—not externally, but it defines us internally. And when we say them aloud, and the world doesn't crumble, and you know, time doesn't stop, and and then all of a sudden, we're so much, we are no longer our own island. We understand we're just simply one. We are all so deeply connected. And just hearing somebody say something out loud that they might never have said, and going, Oh yeah, and I'm still okay. You know, that idea when you when you're talking about all that, Sonia, I was thinking about safety. And and if, if we've upped the safety game with lifestyle creeps, so safety is only living in a you know, minimum 3,600-square-foot house with you know adjacent bathrooms to every bedroom, then we're, we're so disconnected from our remembrance of self, our remembrance of self. Our and so, like you said, what's, it's not that we're trying to destroy what is, but how is it that we can create healthy community, healthy individual, healthy relationships? Healthy business, healthy business. How is that? What do we need? What might need to be considered at this point? That's different. Cause if, there were some great things about the eighties. And then there were some things in terms of ability to access debt that just got us into a completely consumer model, which we have to understand means we are not making decisions.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: We are not making decisions. Even when I think I'm making a decision, am I really, or did I see something that told me that if I didn't have this, I wouldn't be okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: so those that those things you know mm-hmm. if I don't have I, I, I'm having so many conversations with those that are kind of younger younger be sort of like under 35 to me right now is um even about this idea of partnership and you guys are in a beautiful partnership called a marriage but is that what they want anymore is that what even serves and yeah the whole programming is you know uh, those of you who aren't uh, watching us didn't see my granddaughter come in to have a little cuddle <laughs> and tell me that it was almost time. She <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you to watch, <laughs> but is um, is you know we have conversations about and and in our house there are you know men that are partners with men, women that are partners with women, you know you name it, <laughs> it mm-hmm. it's all uh, uh, here at the house, and yet, Clooney goes down and watches one. Disney movie, and she's talking about having a white wedding.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's not wrong, but she's growing up with programming. And I wonder if she knows how to make her own decision on that. So, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a that's a big one for parents too. I mean, there there's some books that I'm reading right now with my boys that they're and they're fantastic books. They're all with Greek mythology and Roman and Egyptian there are the Rick Riordan books that, the Percy Jackson I don't know if you ever yeah, came across yeah. those but it's interesting cuz there's different themes that are coming out around different relationships and things like that um one one character was actually uh gender um like gender, gender fluid neutral and yeah, yeah gender fluid and 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 there there's interesting themes and you know we were talking about this with with some of our friends just just last week too just the world is so different it really is i mean and it's, and it's hard, I think, as a parent to not imprint what you've always known. And so I never fault a parent because like parents just like we're, you're kind of saying like, they know so much more than we do. Oh and they're exposed mm-hmm. to things in a different kind of way. And so where, where is there, you know, where's that sort of line between, you know, uh, parenting in a way that creates more structure versus like, let's see what happens today. Like to the, the, it's a brand new day. And I think what I'm trying to say is that there's an opportunity for us as parents or or community leaders or whatever just to be present with this moment and to, to be not, present with this moment
2: and to be curious instead of curious. answering your freaking kids' questions or thinking <laughs> that they have a question, ask them. Yeah. Ask them. You know, like Clooney, little one here. Um, the other day, she we we were sitting at the dinner table and there was a candle, or we were about to sit at the dinner table. So everybody was busy. There was maybe eight people around. And I saw Clooney over at the candle and she was making these sort of these movements with her hands and uh, sort of caught her out. There's nobody was looking at her. And then her, her mom, uh, Devin called her for dinner. She goes, Clooney, what are you doing? She goes, I'm just controlling fire.
1: <laughs> and a firekeeper you know it sounds ridiculous but yeah.
2: maybe she was i don't know <laughs> like how do i know yeah. because there's so much that we had deep connection to that we literally lose connection from and and that sort of kind of you know when you were talking sonia at the very beginning about like this this, this practice of yourself and you know in the morning or whatever it is i've been looking at the word you know, immersion, which, like you said, is emerging more and more and more. So I might have to change that immersion. You know, um, and this idea of ritual and devotion and and ceremony and and ceremony to me is a beautiful cup of tea. Ceremony to me is you know um, the the first breath in in the morning, and you know, and there's all sorts of descriptions of the ceremony now, including like plant medicine and journeying, and and those are becoming more real, and and those are interesting too, but. I don't believe it has to look like one thing. I believe that when we are in ceremony, we are immersed in ourselves with full understanding that we are so deeply connected to everything. The understanding of self is the understanding only that we are only here in connection, I think. Mm -hmm. And so what about both? So we're not looking for external validation because that validation sits inside of me. And I know that I am you know, I think I say and consider, um, you know, that I am so insignificant, but so deeply important. Just like when you go into the forest, there's like little tiny ant and it's completely insignificant in that forest, but so deeply important to the whole ecosystem.
0: Mm-hmm. So that
2: idea, you know, that's what I think I want now my grandkids, I hope my daughter carries that to, to some extent, I think she probably does, but, um, but I would like them to understand that. I am completely freaking insignificant. I have no value, but I have all the value in the world. You know, like Mm -hmm. that paradigm instead of just being stuck in one.
1: one. Yeah, we often talk about the polarities and being okay with all of it. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that we talk about this time of year is that grief has come up a lot and darkness and shadow because we're in the winter. And yet as humans, like we do whatever we can to not experience the sadness or the pain and we distract ourselves or, you know, like the, I guess we call it toxic positivity, whatever you want to call it. But we forget that this is all part of having that human experience. And that is also okay. We don't have to label it as good or bad. So what I'm hearing for you from you is that in all aspects of life, we don't have to label it as good or bad, or it should have been this or could have been this, but like, it just is, and it's all working together. So I'm curious, um, we've seen a lot of shift since COVID in general, Mm -hmm. in um, how everyone relates to themselves, to each other, how businesses have shifted, how we even had to pivot and shift. And curious if you've had conversations around um, emotional intelligence and business, and if you've seen people really, maybe step back and look at that bigger picture of what actually matters today? Or did you notice the other way of people getting into more of that fear state? So then Mm. um, moving in that direction, because I feel like there was some different themes that were coming up because of it.
2: Yeah, I think just to your earlier point, the full spectrum. And here's what being in practice, being in ceremony, being in immersion means. It actually means that being in full practice all the time we cannot decide once that something's important we have to look at every decision we're making from that moment for- forward and we will get some of them wrong and then we need to go back and we need to stand in correction but what's just saying one thing out loud once does not actually make it happen and so I think that there were people that thought they wanted to live one way, but, you know, then we go back. We're so pulled kind of my example of Clooney and, you know, Walt Disney. I can say I can give her eight hours of download about how, you know, she can, she can decide to be uh, something called married or not married or like girls or like boys or like no one. She can have a baby, not have a baby. One Disney movie, two hours of program. She's like, Oh, I know this programming. It lives out in the world. And so in business, it's the same thing. I actually was on the phone this morning with a woman, three kids who has a a lovely little business and she was, you know, torn because she was feeling this idea of like growth and bigger. And, and, and I asked her just to go inside herself and to see what filled her, what filled her, you know, I, I kind of do that thing every day of go, if I like I said, uh, it was my birthday a couple of weeks ago and I was in immersion with this group of guys and someone said to me, what nice way to spend your birthday. And, you know, of course I love my family and I love my grandkids. But if I I said, literally, when I spend the day, I go, I went to bed that night in, with, in this house with this group of men and thought, if I die tonight, I would f- be fully fulfilled. I know my kids know I love them. The, my community knows I love them. I didn't know these men. It's the first time me knowing them, but the connection and the intimacy was so great. And the depth of conversation so beautiful. How could I be anything but fulfilled? And so I think that is presence. That is pure presence. I am so here that if this was ah, my last inhale, my last exhale, I would be at peace. You know, so I, I've been thinking about that as a marker of success. Mm-hmm. Am well, I in, right. am I embodied in? Am I embodied in all that right. I believe to be true, or do I have that going here and here in my mouth and my head and my mouth? My heart is somewhere else, and my you know my actions are somewhere else. Like to be in that alignment is constant effort. Constant effort to bring ourselves, and again that idea of when I you know when I go amok, I will just I will give myself a little bit of a like, oh my goodness. And then I will bring my ba- myself back to center and I will amend where I have misstepped. So for me, emotional intelligence, all of this conversation about evolution of self is ground in self-responsibility. And even the idea of self-care, you know, it is important to keep saying, oh, you're not caring for yourself enough. Well, you know what? Sometimes I look at that and I'm like, well, you're doing an awful lot for yourself and all you're thinking about is yourself. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> So self-care means to me, this idea of the practice of knowing, of it being in my adulthood and knowing what's good for me. Sometimes self-care is saying no to something I really desire to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, so, it, yeah. I fully resonate with that. And I think it's important because it's almost like we're just stuck in this idea of preference. And then it's always the preference where we should be moving towards. But sometimes it's like, it's sometimes these little things that can can move the needle, whatever that needle is for you in such a profound way. Like you're mentioning just some of these little small intricacies, these things that weigh on our heart often enough that we keep thinking about them, but we don't want to speak them or whatever that might be. Sometimes it's so it's, it's the minutia of life of just being able to work through some of these really small little bits. Sonia and I got an argument earlier. She, um, she was telling me something that I was doing wrong. Um, the first thing that I wanted to do was to defend myself. <laughs> right? I didn't want to define like anything other than my body went to fight or flight. And, and that's, a, it's, it's a tiny thing that caused some disruption and eventually I had to own that. Like I was just trying to defend myself. I didn't use those words, but I pulled out the card and showed Sonia like, look, this is what I was doing. But it's those little things. Like, I think that, if we paid attention to those little things where we didn't show up, we felt that stress, we internalized it, we played out a behavior, it didn't serve me, it didn't serve her, like, you know, the identity was wrapped around in and, and me defending myself and all that whole story. But, you know, that's why I think what, what you're doing here is brilliant and the questions you're asking are so important, that curiosity, too. Really like dive in and step into that little that bit of minutia in our life where we're where it's 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 weighing us down. It's it's changing our entire thought process for the day. I could have an interpretation that Sonia's always on my case. She's like bringing me down, whatever, and I could play up my entire day that way. My days just got worse, and so I wouldn't be in that moment that you spoke to of fulfillment. I'd be like, no, like. I didn't serve my purpose because I'm still irritated with my wife or whatever that story is for somebody. Right. And so I, so I love that you said that. I mean, that's a, a stoic philosophy too, momentum Mori, like know that, you know, life will end at some point in time. And do we, if we could meditate on our um, the short amount of time that we have here on this planet, can we be in a place of fulfillment? There's a poem
2: that I just used a lot and I don't think I can find it in short order, Um, but it goes something like the essence is this is how would you behave and how would you act when you saw somebody on the street, if you knew that there was, that was their last moment. Mm -hmm. And then I took that even wider and I said, how would you treat yourself? Yeah. You know, what would each moment look like if you knew it could be your last? And it's not like, would you go do all your bucket list thing? I'm asking, how would you, how would you treat yourself? How would you treat others? How would you interface? How would you connect? You know, I, I just, anything that's, that's not about how you're showing up right now is like pretty uninteresting to me. You know, like that's it. How am I showing up? Is it serving me? Is it serving others? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I used to like, I'm getting better. I think I used to be quite others oriented. And now I've understood that the the self-response It's what's called self-care for me. A self-responsibility aspect is me actually making sure I'm in good energy and health so that I can do more care. You know, Um, that's it for me. That's it for me. For others, it looks different. For me, that's, yeah, that's that's what matters right now. And,
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Well, that's that's immersion. Yeah, immersion.
1: That's immersion. <laughs> that's immersion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's funny. I usually have this um, last question that we ask every guest, but I feel like our whole conversation was framed around that question. So my question is often, "What impact or what is it that you want to leave, or what footprint on this earth if it was your last moment? If you knew it was your last moment tomorrow, so you could either answer that, or I feel like. I feel like you just did. And just knowing that this is where the conversation was going, but I feel like the depth of this conversation really spoke to that piece.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I think you nailed it. I mean, if I was, if I was going to do it in a single word, but of course my word means something different. It's just that idea of compassion and compassion is love, respect, transparency. You know, it's all of it for me. It's not just, it's not, it's not singular. Was I kind? Was I compassionate today with myself and others? you know, was I that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, honestly, you guys, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure.
1: Thank you.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for this creation too. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I do want to make sure that people can get into their hands. And, and, you know, I think the beautiful thing with, with this, it's not like reading a book where you're like, okay, like, I'm making notes and you know I got through this chapter and then you sort of put the 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 book aside this is something literally that could it could sit on your desk and you you might be in a funk you might be going through something where you're not taking responsibility or don't know how to reflect on a certain challenge and you pull out a card and you just go like man like this is the essence of of where I'm stuck so, you know, what a brilliant way to be able to share that with the world. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, people are probably wondering, you know, how do we how do we immerse ourselves? Like, wh- where where do people go? I think my website is <laughs> <laughs> immerseyourself.ca.
2: I think that's what it is.
1: we yeah. will we'll put it in the notes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you. Got it somewhere. It's yeah.
2: Not, I know. I know. I know. You know, here's what I believe. If like. Everybody that's meant to be is coming, you know, Mm -hmm. they're coming and they're, um, yeah, immerseyourself.ca and um, yeah, I just, uh, it was such a fun, it's so beautiful to see you guys there as like this couple and think about your two boys and yeah, so I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you and Mm -hmm. and thanks for, uh, I love that your guys are in such deep consideration. And I think that's how you're going to raise your, your voice. I think you're going to raise them in deep consideration.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that blessing. Yeah. All I can say is we're, we're doing, I, I can't say that I do my best every day, but mm-hmm. I definitely reflect on what my best could be like. And I definitely make improvements, but mm-hmm. you know, it's conversations yeah. like this too, that, that remind us of like, Oh, I can, I can pause here. I can, I can wait for that stimulus and response. And, and then what's that bigger, you know, um, what's a bigger role that that we have to play in in connection and community and Mm -hmm. so
1: and remembering we were talking about immersion and remembrance in the beginning but remembering their wisdom and just knowing yeah. like they're such teachers for us and like the humility that they brought into our lives yeah the curiosity that makes me <laughs> i know i was getting yeah. careful too already <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah like what a gift yeah yeah so thank you yeah. for bringing this conversation it looks
0: like you got a date with your granddaughter so
2: Bloom, uh- <laughs> yeah. uh, I do <laughs> yeah. bloom all day long
1: <laughs> see you guys thank you yeah, so much
0: take care